Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, welcome to the Mind Games podcast. My name is Raj Chakravarty and I thank you for tuning in. Join me every week as I seek out extraordinary minds of some of the most amazing people. This is the first episode of the Mind Games podcast and we have a very very special guest. In today's episode of the Mind Games podcast, we speak to Arjun Vaidya, entrepreneur, investor, mentor. He's the blue-eyed boy of the Indian startup scene who needs no introduction. We already know a lot about Arjun and his journey so far, but today we seek to find out what we don't know yet and hear what's on his mind. Who is Arjun Vaidya? Is he this amazing entrepreneur? Is he the investor? Is he this philanthropist? What's what makes him tick and what makes him do what he does? So Raj firstly thank you so much for having me on the Mind Games podcast and it's an honor to be the maiden guest um and to wear the debut cap so I'm excited to be here and I hope I can do justice to this amazing podcast that you've started. Who is Arjun Vaidya? Uh, look I think lots of people ask questions like hey uh, where do you see yourself in the next 5 years? Who are you? What are you driven by etc all of that. I I don't have so many answers to these philosophical or theoretical questions right but if i was to just maybe in a few lines um answer uh answer that question i would say um first part of my identity is vedya my last name which means ayurvedic doctor um and that led me to eventually starting an entrepreneurial venture so entrepreneur would be the second one uh third one would be investor that's what i do now Uh, both on a personal capacity as well as now running a venture fund uh and then the last one would be a uh, cricket fanatic you can see my phone cover i mean you all are not seeing a video podcast but raj is in front of me right now uh so yeah i think cricket is a it huge says, guys for your benefit it says arjun number 10 yeah so and and cricket is a huge huge part of my life it's defined me um been with me even before dr vedyas was even before my investor hat was um so it's a huge part of my life and if you sort of if i was to draw into sort of the most important parts of my life cricket had a lot to do with it right so i grew up loving cricket and then i suffered from asthma and it prevented me from playing cricket and then uh, my grandfather actually cured me of asthma i became captain of my school cricket team that's when i started believing in ayurveda so much i went to the us um for my undergrad and i came back i said hey yoga is global ayurveda needs to be global but my love for ayurveda or my excitement towards ayurveda would not have happened if it didn't allow me to play cricket so in some sense that has a very very deep impact on everything else i did in life oh that's wonderful i mean that part i think has been missing in in, in lots of ways we haven't seen uh, or heard about the cricket bit so much uh, the, i'm glad that we brought this up and i'm sure a lot of people will be very excited to go to the cricket pitch now knowing that they might be future <laughs> entrepreneurs getting there <laughs> this podcast is divided into three basic parts one is a we call it a warm up session where we get to like kind of warm you up second is we go very deep into your mind and the third is would probably cool it off right so the idea behind this is anyone who doesn't have or has access to you or even doesn't you know doesn't know you well enough or wants to know you for there are thousands of people out there millions in fact out there who for you for whom you are like you know a captain as i would take a cricket analogy and who look up to every action of yours right who are now following you on social media who are you know engaging with you so i want not just 
I mean, through this episode in, for sure, them to know what is it like to sit across Arjun Vaidya and chat, right? And Absolutely. get to know his mind and get to figure out and probably ask questions which he hasn't answered before somewhere else. It's not going to be difficult for you, trust me. Sure. I'm not going to put you in a spot. Sure, no, I'm fine <laughs> even with tough questions. <laughs> Moving on, Arjun, tell us about some of your early life experiences. What was in your mind when you were working? Okay. And what did you see and learn there that probably made no sense to you then, but makes a whole lot of sense now? So I'm going to go straight to your working you know, experience. You oh. worked at an investment firm. You you interned at Hublot and then De Beers and expensive uh, places to be in. Yeah. Then moved to an, uh, you know, an investment firm. Then came into entrepreneurship. So we're talking about that phase when you were working. Pre-entrepreneurship. Pre-entrepreneurship. Yeah, so look, I think uh, college internships I did at Vogue magazine. That was my first internship. Second one was at Hublot and then third one was at De Beers. But really, honestly, at that time I was, my dad's in the luxury business. So all the interesting companies that he was kind of in touch with or partners with is where I've worked. Um, and I wouldn't say that a six-week or an eight-week internship actually gives you much other than exposure, right? But I want to talk about my experience at Hublot. I went to Switzerland for eight weeks. I worked in a place called Nyon, um, which is one hour, 15 minutes from Lausanne. I lived in Lausanne alone. I was in college and um, I thought that was pretty easy. But living in a French-speaking part of Switzerland alone with no help, um, that was really throwing myself in the deep end. And so while I love Hublot as a watch brand, um, and I think that was exceptional experience from a work front, I think throwing myself outside my comfort zone in the deep end in a place where I had zero friends, zero, I knew absolutely no one, prepared me a lot for what I was going to face in entrepreneurship as well, right? You, as an entrepreneur, find yourself in many rooms and many places where you're way out of your comfort zone, you know, zero people and you just got to make things happen. And that was the first time. It wasn't easy at all. I used to come back home from work at five o'clock, you get done right there. If you stay more than five o'clock, they're not so happy. So I'd get home by six o'clock and I had the whole night ahead of me and nothing to do. I'd order takeout and then call my friends in India, Skype, I don't know, watch movies, right? But dealing with myself alone for those six, eight weeks, that was a big learning experience for me. So I would say from my internship um, experiences, this was a big learning for me. And today, by the way, Raj, if you put me in a room where I don't know anyone, I'll find a way to make a conversation. I couldn't do that. I was a really, really shy kid growing up. So that was a, a big one for me. From my private equity days, actually, look, I was 21 and a half years old when I was an investor, right? And I had the good fortune of meeting some of the best entrepreneurs in India because I, I represented a private equity fund, which was investing checks of above 20 million US dollars. You end up meeting entrepreneurs who are doing more than 100 crores in sales. If you've crossed 100 crores in sales in this country and you're doing B2C business, you are someone or serious, you are something, right? You've really, you've really achieved something. And so at 21 and a half to meet hundreds of entrepreneurs across e-commerce, lifestyle, retail, cars and bikes, wine and spirits, apparel, fashion, jewelry, watches, um, and engage with these people. For me at that time, I was a sponge. I was just taking in as much information as I could, learning as much as I could, getting as much exposure as I could. And so if you ask me, what did my private equity experience teach me in terms of entrepreneurship? Nothing. Zero. Those Excel sheets don't work. And those formulas don't work when you're running a business. But that exposure, meeting those people, seeing those amazing 
entrepreneurs who have built large businesses and learning whatever little i could picking up whatever little i could from a professionalism standpoint the way they carried themselves the way they pitched the way they talked about their business their attention to detail a lot of that groomed what i wanted to be and it took me a long time to get there and eventually i think towards the end of doctor where this i kind of got there but that setting the context of what is good and what is large and who are the people who achieved it i think that was what i got from my um private equity experience i'll tell you also what i didn't get right sure i didn't get taste of reality i didn't get enough of the amount of hustle i'd have to face and i did not foresee at all the amount of failure that you have to encounter as a founder and the grit and resilience with with which you have to stand up to rejections on a daily basis that's that's an interesting perspective but a lot of people do talk about failures uh, i mean uh, most famous among them is the founder of alibaba he's gone famous jack ma every speech of his is about failures i'm not going to dwell on that for a while it's just about a f- i want to again go back for a quick second into the mind of arjun at the time when he was meeting these amazing investors and through that fund uh, you know giving them a lot of money did he think is that the money that's exciting is what they are doing is exciting is did the, any of that feature in your in, i mean get into your head at that point or was it as you just said a sponge was it designed or were you like planning or was that just happening think about a 21 and a half year old kid right i won't call myself a kid at that time coming back to india after 4 years and i was very clear i wanted to build my life in india right i came straight back after college i didn't apply for many jobs in the us the job i got i rejected and i came back to india took a salary that started as an internship of 40000 rupees and eventually i was made full time it was 1 lakh and then eventually 2 and a half lakhs after a year year and a half of work but think about that person what drove me at that time it was hey i want to make my life and my career here these are my early days can i gain as much knowledge insight experience and exposure and the answer is that meeting those people and engaging in those conversations much more than i would have got anywhere else so for me going to work every day hearing about these amazing businesses being allowed to be in the same room as the best e-commerce and consumer brand entrepreneurs in india that was exhilarating and by the way after building and selling doctor vedas i'm doing the same thing right True. except now i have a little bit of decision making power that time i had zero but it just absolutely excited me and fascinated me the access i was able to get and the people i was able to meet and a lot of times i just found someone interesting and because i was working in a private equity fund they were willing to meet me and that was just amazing for me right because the conversations i had the learnings i had the insight i got across the consumer landscape in india a lot of that shaped the way i eventually started thinking about about my business and my life so it wouldn't be wrong to say access and opportunity were these were the two like real real gold mine that Absolutely. was at that access stage. critical right i mean i would dream to meet some of these people even today and i got that chance 8 years ago 9 years ago so for a lot of youngsters out there i would consider you young at that time and you know you're young now as well arjun would so i think the message would be very clear if you get access that overpowers you know access and opportunity that beats anything else for- but let me say one thing about access raj as well right um i think today more than 8 9 years ago access is democratized right? correct how is access democratized so 
while i was building dr vedas i had no shame in reaching out to people i still have no shame in reaching out to people by the way it's two of us in the room yeah and and look many people will not respond but the few that do maybe you can build long lasting relationships so i'm going to tell you a, a two stories one story from my experience and one story from someone who reached out to me today from my experience when the pandemic hit i thought that ayurvedic products should be sold on zomato they launched a stores business right which is outside of restaurants and um food basically and so i reached out to someone in zomato through and through a connect and i said hey we need to list on stores and the person was in charge of bombay or south bombay and they said it's totally irrelevant don't think ayurveda should be selling on zomato thank you very much but we're not going to list you so i thought to myself like this makes no sense the prime minister is talking about immunity boosters here i have these immunity boosters we're trying to increase access so i should be on zomato so what did i do i did the first thing i did was write to dipinder goel find his email address somehow and write him an email saying hey i really admire what you do at zomato this is what i do this is why i think my products are relevant for zomato in 15 minutes i got a reply saying hey arjun amazing what you've built uh makes total sense cc three people in his team eventually those three people connected me to the same person who rejected me and in one day i was listed on zomato right second thing um today so i i get a lot of founders who reach out to me on linkedin and um i may not be so good at responding on the same day because there's a lot of inflow right so i try my best but i'm not responding on the same day right so i had someone reach out to me on friday and um i i i didn't reply i would have replied but i didn't reply and then the person sent another message um saying bumping this up if you get a chance to see this and i still didn't see it right and then today i saw another message saying i believe in persistence so i'm going to try again smiley face i saw that message and i just instantly clicked on that message even though i had so many other unread read what he had to say and i replied saying i'm a true believer in persistence um and so i'm happy to chat here's my number not even my email um and i'm going to take a screenshot of this because there are ways to reach out and ways not to reach out and you've reached out in the right way and i'm going to post this as a linkedin post wow that made must have made his day as well I'm no sure. absolutely and and but uh, that's something i'm interesting that sorry is segueing into another part but i've seen that you create these pieces out of real life that's happening to you and make that a conversation and that affects so many people in a very very positive way i've seen that arjun and i've seen that little transition that's happened in your in your social media as well like you know from a point where you were just reacting to now you're you're starting to kind of you know i would call it start off you know conversations and then you have a whole following and i'm so happy for that and uh, yes you're right but Access. you know raj i started doing this a long time ago except it was only for me so i had a friend in college zena when i used to she she used to write poetry and spoken word um and i used to keep telling her at one at some point in life i want to write yeah i like really like writing i know half decent at writing and she was like you should write and then i came back to india and i had started writing a book I think I've written like 30 40 pages of this book it was um real life experiences that I face or see on a daily basis and then writing my reflection on those and those those would become four page sort of sh- sort of short stories right but then I realized not sustainable like I mean who's going to read this random book of random musings of a random person right and so I found that writing 300 word linkedin posts was the way to share my reflections on life and maybe people would resonate as well um and, and eventually that led to me now posting three times a week and oh and it's phenomenal arjun it's it's so it's a choice right you said it the right way you decided to do which whatever you you know whichever format you adopted but hey it's phenomenal and 
touching lives is all that you know i we've actually uh, so when we created this podcast when we go out to people we we, we assign them a a keyword your your word is value for us everything that you do and we've you've seen that i'm sure the world also will agree to us all our listeners will also that wherever you are going you're treading you're creating some value or the other and i i'm sure you'd uh, accept that as a compliment i'm sure so you're an extremely busy person arjun and you're involved in many activities so we want to know as in the mind games the listeners would want to know how do you function what is a day in the life of arjun vaidya like planning execution responding to you know mails and queries etc how do you manage to stay so prolific yeah look i think it's a really tough question and i don't have the the solution yet right what's my what does my day look like i wake up every morning at i would say 7:30 8am i spend my first hour of the day reading um read through all the messages i've got few articles that i've bookmarked etc all of that um then try to work out that's one thing that i couldn't do as a founder because as a founder when you wake up 10 things are already broken right so some days you can do what you want some days you have no option but i try to work out um, every weekday at least maybe saturday sometimes i give myself a break and sundays i definitely give myself a break um and then uh, pretty much head to the office the day is usually already calendarized from 11 to 8 pm every single day um and then on the way back home i'll do all the personal calls that i've missed in the day um and then yeah spend time with family and that's how uh, the day wraps up uh but i'm i'm very mindful of what i'm not good at right and i think that calendarizing my day is great but i don't give myself enough space if meetings run over i have no answer to figuring those things out and 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 there's lots of inbound coming to me on whatsapp on email um on linkedin and that's where i'm actually wanting to dwell on is that how do you manage this must be a barrage of this there is there is and i need to get better at it um i try my best but i need to get better at it i don't have the answer i don't have the solution some people say i'm too accessible but i never want to change that about me um yeah so if i'm not going to be less accessible then how do i manage to respond to every single person the right way that's what i'm saying so there's to. no method to your madness it's there's no method the but there, there there needs to be a way to get on top of everything i'm i'm 70% 80% there um and that 20% bothers me but trying my best fair enough fair enough so i mean that's so it's just that it's so organic that the answer to this was we wanted to get to know is is it planned a lot of people do plan you know their life in this way oh, i'll respond i'll do this i'll be seen in the right places it seems to us that you oh, raj if you tell me you want me to be on your podcast and i think it's the right thing for me to do there is no theory that goes into fantastic it. fantastic i have a little deeper question it comes to that value piece that we spoke about a uh, value creation is is something that as we said is something that you're touching upon everywhere you go adding value to lives to systems etc what goes on in your mind as you do this is this a is there a is there a system in your mind like you know that i will you know get extract this one or i'll give this much or is it just free flowing no i would say it's it's just free flowing in the sense that look the reality is why do i try to help and give back right what's the what's the motivation behind the motivation was that while we were building at 24 25 years old there was no one who was willing to help us and we felt that loneliness right we felt that helplessness despair loss of hope when things were not going right and there was no one to even put a put your hand on someone's shoulder and someone to say hey like it's it's going to be okay like other people go through this no one right 
And that didn't feel great. And so if I'm seeing entrepreneurs in a similar place who are struggling, who are going through tough times, who need some advice, need some help, just need a call for two minutes. Why can't I be that person? What do I lose in making that call for two minutes and saying, hey, I went through your deck. It seems okay. Here's a few things you can change. Or hey, just go on. I saw an ad on Instagram that you guys made and it's much better than the last one. So keep fighting and, and keep chugging along. And no, not enough people do that. And look, we are years behind having a mature startup ecosystem. And so maybe some of the work I'm doing is, is going to fuel entrepreneurs who will then eventually create something really large. Maybe it'll just help people get on with their day. Whatever it is, I think there needs to be people doing this. And I'm one of those people and I'm going to continue doing it. And to be honest, I don't do it for any, any um, recognition. I don't do it for any um, value in return. Uh, I do it because there was no one to do it for me or the only person to do it for me at the time was my dad. I don't blame anyone because there was no ecosystem at that time. I, I remember chatting with a colleague who was in the first cohort of D2C brands like we were and we were at a conference in Bangalore last week and there was 400 people there and a cocktail night in a five-star hotel and I was telling him, think about four years ago, there would be like 15 of us in a room, right? And which is amazing where we've got but but in this clutter, there needs to be help. And I'm sure a lot of people are very thankful for you being out there. What's your toolkit for success? And this is where it gets very specific. We want yeah. to know what are the specific things you do, the mental models you kind of use to make judgments, decisions, and also leading forward to what habits have you inculcated, which helps you, you know, work towards this toolkit. Because a lot of people talk, but giving you know factual this is this 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 is what you should do or you know the plan ahead yeah. is very important i think that'll be a look my toolkit is i'm a hard worker i'm not a smart worker right reality is that there are people who are smart workers who are much more efficient than me i i can't do that and so what was my way to combat that it was okay you're showing up for 12 days 12 hours a day or 8 hours a day like and i'm half as efficient as you so if you do 8 i'll do 16 because that's the only way that I can make this happen, right? And so my toolkit for success was the consistency of showing up every single day with that same vigor, grit, zeal, and enthusiasm. And look, an opportunity doesn't come to you on day one. But when it comes on day 100, you have to be there to show up and catch that opportunity, right? My dad used to keep saying, as long as you show up every day, whether it's two years, three years, five years, or 10 years, one day that opportunity will come and you need to grasp it and jump on it and take full advantage of it. And for us, it took two and a half years at Dr. Various to hit product market fit, had we given up, had we chilled out, had we not fought that hard every day for those two and a half years, we would have never caught that opportunity. And so for me, that's the way, like a lot of people, including my wife say like, how are you so energetic? How are you so enthusiastic all the time? And I'm like, look, what does it take for me when I'm on a call with Raj, on a video call with Raj, to just start the call with a smile and a an enthusiastic hello. Nobody else is giving that, right? So why can't I do that? Like, just add some positivity into the environment. Uh, but for me, my moat is consistency. I will show up every day. Uh, where did this come from? So I had a hand-eye coordination problem growing up. I loved cricket, as I told you. And having a hand-eye coordination problem means I couldn't bat. Just could not bat. And so while everyone else was batting at age five, I had to bowl. And... At age five, when you're bowling on a 22-yard pitch, you get found out because it's really difficult to bowl over arm on a 20-yard pitch. 
so i would go every day and try and try and try until at 6 or 7 i could bowl for 22 yards right and whatever i did whether it's play squash football all of the sports i played i love sports right it always took me 3x 4x the amount of effort to reach where other people reached when i was playing squash i remember like i was playing for 8 years there was a guy who was playing for 6 months and he was beating me right and so i knew i had to put in 3 4x the hard work in football like i started playing a lot of football in college and after college and i realized i'm just not talented i can't do those tricks and step overs and i can't score those really sexy goals so i said okay i'll be a defender and i'll run more than anybody else and that eventually led me to become a marathon runner right so i think for me consistency is my motto and i'll show up every day and i'll put more effort than anybody else and that's what led me to whatever reasonable success that i got that's fantastic and uh, i think that's uh, that's that's enough as a toolkit for anyone else next question is actually a derivative of the same again it's like you we know for a fact that you've gone off sugar completely and carbs also you reduced that and you've actually shed a lot of weight and become much more you know sharper it's the same plan that's to stay consistent and driven is is that what has helped as well yeah like, absolutely i think sugar was something that i started um i want to say december 2019 october 2019 so i pretty much gave up sugar um and then maybe a few months later early 2020 i gave up gluten so it's been more than 2 years for each of them So what was that decision? That that was the there something. Was not okay. The decision was not signed. One the day. decision was, uh, we I was married and my wife loved sugar and so we'd have dessert a lot and I have a tendency to put on weight. I grew up as a really chubby kid and I never wanted to go back there and I saw myself slowly leaning towards that and I said, look, sugar is just not good, right? It just can't be good for us. So let's try for thirty days. I went to a birthday party of my cousin and her friend had given up sugar and I said hey I got inspired by you have given up sugar for a month he said nothing happens in a month give it up for 100 days and go through wedding season go through diwali wedding season and new years without sugar and then you see where you end up and, and so yeah we did october to january gave up sugar and then i had sugar jalebi and ice cream uh, or or rasgulla and ice cream or something like that and it just shocked my body and i realized how bad it is and then i stopped it pretty much and Look, I would say that I have sugar maybe fifteen to twenty times a year, um, out of compulsion or maybe sometimes in a moment of uh, weakness. But that's it. And, and similar with gluten, a friend told me to give it up. I gave it up, and then he gave it up, and then he started having it again. But I'm pretty much off it. And I would say with gluten, uh, I have pizza few times a year, and, and that is I can't find a replacement in gluten free. But yeah, I think it's it's been amazing for for me. It's changed the way. um i feel but i see a streak of persistence in this you know you know you may make it sound very light and you may make it sound very happy that you know this is how fun it was but to do what you did is difficult and i'm sure the same thing thousands and millions are again facing the same thing so i think that streak of persistence showing up consistency Absolutely. that is the key i think and that's a and huge you can take to many parts of your life as exactly. well it's about yeah. discipline basically and i think it flows into other parts and it shows up and and i think once you conquer at one part the other becomes easier yeah, to finish so you're all this exuberant you're all of energy you're fun right your wife says it i say it for a fact everyone who knows you says that but what do you do when you're feeling stalled or when your life becomes like you know stuck somewhere i'm sure i go for a run ah okay. i go for a run i think uh, If you see me unhappy or grumpy, it means I've not worked out at least four times that week. Um, yeah, I go for a run. I clear my thoughts. I 
figure out all of those things that are in the daily clutter of thousand whatsapps and 50 phone calls and 80 emails you can't really decompress so i go for a run and that 25 minutes 5 kilometers target that i've set myself which i've now been pretty consistent about that allows me to clear my mind so that's your secret sauce yeah. that's your secret formula i have one last value question before we get to a deeper dive quickly i'm really enjoying this arjun thank you so much i keep appreciating this all the time when you were growing up you were with, you know who were the people you looked up to and who sh- who probably shaped the values and the outlook of your life in you know yeah so i think uh, three people my dad my granddad and sachin see my phone cover is <laughs> sachin's number so i think from my granddad i got discipline he wore the same clothes every single day went woke up the same time went to golf had the first tee off had the same breakfast went to the clinic at the same time came back at the same time pretty much did the same thing and he said how do you do the same thing and he said what else do you expect me to do in life so i got discipline from my granddad i got hard work from my dad um he still works 14 15 hours a day and he's 55 years old um and we don't know any other way right and if you saw me at doctor where there so you see me even today it's almost 8 o'clock we're still in the office and i don't see myself leaving for some amount of time um and from sachin i learned a lot about um dealing with pressure think about it right today we are talking about the ipl and i wrote a linkedin post about the ipl and all of that stuff today we're talking about india being one of the best cricket teams in the world we have hundreds of players now who are all capable of playing for india because of the ipl but let me take you back to the 90s when i grew up when sachin got out it was over we shut the tv right now for someone to show up every single day with i think we were 1 billion 1.1 billion people's hopes dreams and expectations on your shoulders not easy right and so showing up every day and performing every day and winning games for your country and giving people who have nothing else to be happy about in life that happiness from your performance that pressures a lot and that's the pressure entrepreneur deals with right you have your team your team's families your clients vendors partners investors all not putting pressure but expecting something from you and that's what you got to show up and do every day so i think these three people were people who inspired me growing up and creating those that value ecosystem absolutely does sachin know about this has have you ever told him this I met him a few times uh, never maybe has. i told him but i don't think it had a long lasting impression on his life let's be honest about it i'm sure i'm sure but yeah but you probably are a sachin to a lot of people as well i know for that for a fact so you arjun you moved from investment banking to entrepreneurship and then back to investing again oh, what are the stark differences if there were any that you find among these two different or three in fact i'll say that uh, i was a i was in investing and then an entrepreneur and then back in investing um you got to sleep at night as an investor because um you hold a minority position in a company uh and so it's the entrepreneurs driving the car right and you're on the passenger seat or on the navigator seat but as an entrepreneur you don't get that and so when people ask me what's the biggest difference i i get to sleep a little bit at night which i didn't do for four and a half years and so once we sold the company i actually remembered what sleep was look i think there's too many thoughts too many things happening used to discuss with my wife business at 2 am wake up at 6 am and sort of wake up in a cold sweat because you forgotten to do something right and i think that's the largest difference i think eventually you're trying to solve for the same thing of creating value but as an entrepreneur you have a lot of expectation and hope on your shoulders and a lot of things to do so that's the fundamental difference on a deep deep level so 
as an entrepreneur you're blazing a trail so there's you know you're like you're like breaking ground every day and you have the luxury of watching it from yeah. so in your present role as a vc right we just talking about you as a vc what goes on in your mind when you first meet an entrepreneur aside from the common factors like you know what are the what are the pa- what are the parameters that you look for in business as well as in a person look i think uh, for me the first thing that i want to know is what's the story of the person driving them to do what they're doing right then eventually you go to your assessment parameters of founder quality addressable market business economics velocity but i think purpose is what i first want to solve for so that's the one parameter in your mind that you look for absolutely wow that's fantastic so so and that is the gauge that for you which qualifies that uh, you know that's what i start the meeting right right okay super that's that's awesome to know that um when you see founders this might get you a little uh, jealous when you see founders uh, going on to build billion dollar businesses now as you see it and you fund them yeah. do you feel left out or do you feel miss do you miss being an active part of the game now uh, i think if i did i wouldn't be able to do what i do so i feel honored to be a part of the journey because if i felt left out i would just quit and start my own business uh, but i think the place i am in life i just feel honored to be a part of the journey so empowering others is where Absolutely. you reached and, and look i think uh, if you start saying hey i own 10% of this company 5% of this company but the entrepreneur owns 50 and they it's billion dollars they get 500 million i get only 100 million then you can't be what you can't do what you do as an individual i think for me it's honor to be a part of an amazing journey and not the fomo of being left out to get a larger share of the pie but that's 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 phenomenal because at this age i mean where you've reached you've done that it's kind of very probably very uh, deep in terms of you to even think that way because you see so much being built around you so how do you deal with fear failure and success look uh, i have no way to deal with fear it's inherent it happens and i don't deal with it um there's no way to rationalize fear um i would say failure and success right um i don't overdo the sadness in failure and i don't overdo the happiness in success because it's a cycle right it's like a roller coaster that that you face as an entrepreneur or a founder and so you have to celebrate the wins and you have to also um learn from the failures but extremes of emotion are not good for an entrepreneur or a founder or any of us in our journey of life so you don't deal with it you just manage it you would say failure i don't know i mean it's doesn't it's, matter it's part of life it's inherent so i don't but i would say for failure and success i don't overdo any of the emotions so you wouldn't go yeah you wouldn't go overboard on that's that's father in law keeps saying when are we having the celebration i'm like what are we celebrating we want to the next one next thing next objective next goal now are you arjun vaidya accessible to all is arjun vaidya available to everyone to reach out to or is there a screening process that you would expect someone to come up to a certain level or you know ex- you know be there before they can reach out to you i'd like to say i'm available to all but my time is limited so however i can manage in that time period i'll manage but you still don't have a screening process that hey you do this before you come and reach out to me you would not you would be want to the right way right but look if i if i don't have the bandwidth to help or i'm not the right person to help i'll be honest and say that so you'll direct them to Absolutely. the places that or i'll just should. say i'm not the right person right if i don't have the answer 
everyone in the world today i know in the d2c segment as well as in the entrepreneurship startup segment would want to be in your shoes would want to be what arjun vaidya is in a bit and i'm sure you know that as well what is it that you do differently look firstly everyone wants to be in my shoes i think we hear a lot about um, unicorns funding round success etc all of that but to all of those people who want to be in someone's shoes try to go through the life of an entrepreneur or dig deep into seeing what the person has gone through to get there and be brave enough to go through the same thing to get there right because i think for the last couple of years because of the euphoria associated with the indian startup ecosystem people forgot how difficult it is to build because you're seeing the end of people's journey you're not seeing the beginning the difficulties and the hardships um and what do i do differently i don't know if i do things so differently to be honest because there are so many successful people maybe many more successful than me as well but one thing i will say is that um i believe in a certain value system and i believe in being a certain way and even if it's not the the thing to do or the right thing to do i'll do it like for example sunday is my day off right i try not to do so much work on sundays and and that's that's what my wife and i have decided since we sold doctor vedyas like let's not do so much work on sundays so we can detox but one of our students from our d2c cohort is opening a store in andheri which is one hour from my home and he said i want you there for the store opening to cut the red ribbon and i said i usually don't come on sundays he said i need you there that's it I said okay how long do you need me there for one hour okay so i'll travel one hour be with you one hour and travel one hour so pretty much one third of my waking hours on sunday go away but i have to be there and so i'll do it and there is no method to the madness there is no theory it goes against what i usually do but hey he said you need to be there and so i'm there so i think that's the bit that is different and that is the, that is what arjun vaidya i think there's a deep sense of humanity there's this i mean it's not outwardly and i know that for a fact and I, and i'm sure the rest of the world does know that it's not a it's not a facade it's not something it's there organically with them and just the fact that you said that you would do that makes it phenomenal you inspire a lot of the new generation of people what would you recommend they do uh, go to college finish their education or just start early look i think i got lots from my college experience and i think my college experience with my few years of working allowed me to mature as a person to be ready for entrepreneurship so from my experience and then i don't know personally of the journey of dropping out so i can't say but from my experience i think that the four years in college and the three years working shaped the person who I, who i was and readied me for entrepreneurship so i would recommend that but i don't know any other way so you would say that it is it, it adds value but hey is that the only way i'm not sure so you don't want to comment on that in any way you now arjun at, at the place you are have a ringside view of the action that's happening in the, in 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 india especially where do you see the space moving towards what are the gaps and the white spaces in this country in the world finally what and where are the opportunities look i think opportunities tremendous and endless what's the i met someone from israel over the weekend or oh, actually last week in bangalore and he said you know we built such amazing tech products but we don't have any domestic market so we have to come to india to sell here we have such a big addressable market for any opportunity there are so many people trying but there's obviously much more competition but the opportunity i believe in india is still endless so many different micro niches can have 10 million 20 million 50 million addressable customers very few countries have that right and i think 
the other thing about india is in india google is google facebook is facebook apple is apple so it's a completely level playing field or open to play for everyone um and that democracy of opportunity in india is something that excites me one thing i will say which i told a journalist who reached out to me talking about the funding winters i'll say look i remember how i was pitching 5 years ago and i see the quality of pitches quality of entrepreneurs and quality of businesses being built today and i'm i want to say we're far ahead of where we were when i was pitching and far ahead of where i was when i was pitching my business and so i'm fundamentally optimistic about the opportunity we have in india the ringside view is that there is much better stuff happening than there was 5 years ago and so i am i'm just excited to see what the next 10 years hold for the indian consumer startup ecosystem because that's what i'm part of mostly so you're positively bullish like you know it just can't go anywhere else. but look i'm i'm wearing this band of india on my hand have for the last 12 years so maybe i'm really biased but i'm always positively bullish on it okay arjun this has been fantastic we'll just do a few rapid fire questions Absolutely. interesting pieces which people would like to know from you again at the same time mining your mind as we call it uh, so i'm just going to go through it you can take your time there's no rush there's no you don't get uh, i'll try to be as quick as possible you don't get marked on this by the way So there's no coffee hamper at the end. Of this. <laughs> I wish and I hope it'll be there soon enough. You'll. Uh, who do you think of when you hear the word successful? No one, no one. I'm not uh, someone chasing success as much. I believe in the process and the journey more. So I don't think of one person and say this one is successful. I want to be like this one. Fair enough. What's the worst advice you've heard being given? Join your dad's business. Don't waste your time on this. What advice would you give to a smart, driven college student about to enter the real world? And what advice should they ignore? I would say the advice uh, was what my dad gave me: become a sponge, take in as much as you can here in your first job or your first few work experiences um, until you want to eventually start up. What What is bad advice? Uh, hey, don't work too hard. you need work life balance at age 21 you don't need work life balance according to me um work as hard as you can and get as much as you can because at 30 now that i've crossed 30 i can't work as hard as i did when i was that age so you think that chatter about don't work too hard should be ignored I, look i think work life balance is important i'm not going to say it's not important at all but work as hard as you can in your early days got it you build upon it what advice would you give to your younger self now that you're you're very old but Arjun at in college at twenty should have taken some computer science classes <laughs> for sure <laughs> would have put me in a better place in life. Uh, other than that, nothing. I think I learned a lot through my journey, a lot through the process, and no, nothing. You do the same thing. Yeah, I do the same thing again. I think I learned. I became who I was through the journey and the process. So, not so much. That leads back to the persistence, by the yeah. way. If you see, there's a thread going in there. What obsessions do you explore on your weekends? Yeah, look, I I spend a lot of time on my own podcast. Um, I really enjoy watching documentaries. I'm big sports fan, so I catch most of the sports. Um, run, I do my long runs one on a weekend. So Saturday or Sunday, I would do a ten k run, clear my mind. Um, yeah, that's 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 what I spend my time on, and haven't done it uh, for a little bit now. But uh, yeah, we when we sold Doctor Vedas that year of. 2021 we did a lot of travel um, we need to get back to it so my wife sent me a message this evening saying july august and september this is the travel schedule and i tell you please approve <laughs> uh, so we'll be discussing it tonight 
I wish you all the best and I'm sure you'll enjoy your holidays. What is an unusual habit or an absurd thing about you that you love? An unusual habit or an absurd thing. Look, I wake up every morning and um, people think about this like serious investor, entrepreneur type guy. But I watch five minutes of dancing reels. <laughs> you know the reels on Instagram? So I know all the trending songs before anyone else does. I'm sure that's an insight. Not, not everyone knows about yeah, Arjun. No, no, no. <laughs> but it's so relaxing. Arjun, yeah. I'm, I really sometimes I do the same. Not maybe just dancing. Any maybe cat videos or dog videos or yeah. puppies. It's I like dancing. <laughs> what is the one best or most worthwhile investment you've ever made? Best investment I've made. Yeah, look, I, I, I bought a, a pair of a6 shoes in my last year of college to run the half marathon in providence never thought i'd be a runner for the long term just thought it was a cool thing to do before i graduated in college and i think that became a large part of my life now i've cycled through many other pairs but yeah that pair of a6 shoes was a good investment other good investments uh to me work backpack i think it's an amazing work backpack everything goes in that backpack airpods i couldn't invest in those because I thought they were too expensive so my wife bought them for me but seamless experience so I think these few things oh that's awesome I mean that's 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 actually so 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 organic I would say you would you could have said my Porsche or my BMW I, I don't have any of those I don't ascribe so much value to a vehicle what are one to three books this is a choice that you have that have greatly influenced your life and it what is that one book you given most as a gift and why book called the purple cow by seth godin um it's the best marketing book i've ever read so i've gifted that to a bunch of people um other book i i really enjoyed was from zero to one peter thiel's book i think it's the quintessential startup book so that one really enjoyed it um not so much of a book guy as i'm a movies guy uh, movies wise remember the titans sports movie um sort of inherent theme is on class and race but uh, just victory of humanity um, in sport so, uh, and then best movie I've watched recently 83 what a movie I wasn't alive to witness the world cup win live so really well made movie that cheered you up I'm sure yeah, yeah. if you had to an hour to engage in a discourse with any person dead or alive who would it be and why oh uh, Look, I, I don't think there's one person, right? But definitely want to have that conversation. I'm a big politics guy, right? So like Jawaharlal Nehru or Vallabhbhai Patel at that time, like shaping India the way they did, for sure. Kapil Dev after he won the World Cup, like he, nobody expected to do that. Sachin anytime, right? I talked about it. Maybe Steve Jobs. That, that would be an amazing conversation. And today... Um, as an entrepreneur, like Sachin Bansal, he sold Flipkart and put more than half of what he made of that billion dollars back into his next one. I've not done that, so I want to know what drove him to get back straight into it. So there's a bit of you also wanting to mine into people's minds, right? Absolutely. I'm sure that is uh, voyeuristic. Not so much a voyeuristic as a, as a knowledge. Look, I love uh, biographies, wow. biographical documentaries. There's so much to learn, right? Yeah, from, yeah. from a person's life. 20 years from today, where do you see Arjun Vaidya? I don't look. Not interested. Wow. Don't look. 
ask me where i'll be 20 days from now that's a question i'll answer i don't look so much into the future had you asked me 10 years ago would i see myself here i wouldn't have had the answer so 10 years from now i, I don't but know. you'll still show up i'll still show up but i i, I don't know and honestly i'm trusting the process trusting the journey um, even for entrepreneurs who we invest in we say 100 day plans 1000 day plans at max not more than that true as they say you know if you make plans there's someone else who's already <laughs> always waiting to disrupt oh, yeah absolutely my last question actually and i really really think this has been phenomenal is whose mind would you want to pick and why you did mention sachin bansal but uh, we'd like to take it you know broader and i would like you to nominate a person you think we should bring on to this podcast for our next episodes if you can uh... no someone you can nominate and someone you can get us on <laughs> i think if you can mind my wife's mind to know what's going on there maybe that would be a good one wow. no i'm kidding um i think uh, whose mind would i want to mind maybe elon musk i i <laughs> you're very interesting personality both in terms of achievement but also public persona but really what goes on in that mind that's one and the other is bill gates like watched a few documentaries on him but yeah i just think that he's got a speed of thinking far faster or more nuanced than any of us so maybe him and then i've heard byju is the same uh so maybe him yeah these are the three people hopefully one day we'll get all three on the podcast and maybe you'll be there to take Absolutely. it ahead yeah but i love the contrast between elon musk and bill gates for sure like you know one is an next in your face and the other is the most probably reclusive person no one knows about but both have phenomenal uh, you know contribution byju's yes controversial as well but and so who would you nominate uh, for this podcast for the future oh uh, I, I think Trisha sorry I heard Yeah Trisha. yeah but but fine that's very close to home that's cool as well uh, look I I have a huge 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 respect and uh, regard for any of uh, our cricketers um, so I think uh, there is an amazing story about a cricketer called Harshal Patel okay um he's an amazing cricketer but also went through amazing struggles in life so if you can get him on the podcast i saw on youtube video about his struggles and lots of inspiration drawn from there so maybe harshal we'll definitely find him on the podcast here yeah. we'll definitely reach out to him arjun thank you i have no words to say how thankful we are and it's been the most amazing one and a half hours that we've spent and thank i you, wish you all the best and uh, we will connect again soon thank you and uh, thank you for having me last Raj. shout out if you have to tell your listeners What is that one last thing? Stay hungry, stay foolish. <laughs> Thank you, Arjun. Thanks, Thank Raj. you so much. I hope it was what you wanted in the first episode. It was fantastic. Couldn't have asked for anything better. Thank you very much for listening into our first episode. If you made it till here, that probably means you liked what you heard. We try to deconstruct extraordinary minds and figure out how they work. And by listening in, you could probably gain years of wisdom within ours. We talk about toolkits, mental models, how to get things done, how does one handle success, failure, and hopefully create a manual which you can refer to for life. We are constantly on the lookout for interesting people to showcase on our podcast. And if you have any guest recommendations, please feel free to get in touch with me on mindgameswithraj@gmail.com. Looking forward to the next one very soon. Please do tune in and thank you very much once again.